Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. What's up, TCK Potters? Happy week seven. Sky here rolling solo as I always do on Tuesdays, recapping the week six action team by team, listing my ballers and stallers for the week. Make sure to email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and or shoot us a DM on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. We've got a lot to cover. Let's get into it. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner of the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Your weak ass, get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. All right, let's start in New York. Thursday night football, Eagles, Giants. Eagles get a big wing here, 34-13 over the Giants. Maybe time for a QB change in New York, uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like they have another option at this point. So I'm going to have to stick with Eli. For the Eagles, Carson Wentz looked good. 278 and three touchdowns through the air. Alshon Jeffrey remains hot with Carson Wentz back in the lineup. Eight for 74, two touchdowns on 12 
targets. Definitely the top option there at the receiver position. The overall top option might still be Ertz, um, who is uh, just the top tight end right now overall, uh, in my opinion. Um, 7.43, one touchdown. Seven catches, 43 yards, a touchdown on nine targets. Ertz is solid. Corey Clement had a decent game, uh, getting more work after a couple weeks out with injuries. 11 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches on three targets for 26 yards. And Nelson Aguilar, decent game here with a big catch. He had three catches overall, 91 total yards, and five targets. But again, Alshon Jeffrey is definitely the number one receiver there for Philly. Some stallers for Philadelphia, though. Wendell Smallwood, 18 carries, so he definitely got the work. Um, he outpaced excuse me, he outpaced Corey Clement um, on total touches, but uh, just 51 yards and nothing through the air, which I thought was surprising. I thought Smallwood would get a lot more air, uh, air yards there. I definitely started him in a streaming opportunity over Corey Clement, and uh, that backfired, obviously. And Jordan Matthews, after you know, a 51 yard touchdown last week. I had mentioned you might want to pump the brakes on him and he had just two catches, 26 yards on three targets for the New York football giants, Saquon Barkley. My goodness, this kid is the truth over 200 total yards, 13 carries 130, and a touchdown on the ground. He looks like an absolute beast. He's got the quickness, got the strength, got the jukes out running people out muscling people pretty incredible on the run. And, Game script dependent proof, whereas if uh, he's able to run the ball, he's going to run it hard. But if they have to use him out of the backfield, they certainly are able to do that. He had nine catches, 99 yards, and 12 targets. Unfortunately, he fell short one yard from being the first giant ever to get 100 yards through the air and on the ground. Saquon Barkley is pretty pretty incredible and maybe the lone bright spot right now outside of the potential for Odell Beckham. But Odell Beckham's here in the staller category this week with just six catches, 44 yards on 10 targets. Nothing to do with Odell. If you watch that game, he caught a handful of screens at the line of scrimmage, had to basically juke two or three guys out of the way, stiff arm another defender just to pick up five, six, seven yards at a time. Nothing downfield this week for Odell, unfortunately. And Sterling Shepard disappointed as well. Three catches, 37 yards on seven targets. I thought he would do a lot more with the tight end position vacated over the middle there, but uh, he just wasn't able to this week. And I think a lot of that has to fall on Eli and um, there needs to be a change here. I'm, I'm not a super Eli hater um, as a player or, you know, his legacy in the league and all that, but um, I've never been terribly impressed. I think that the defense won those championships against new England and um, he just hasn't done much outside of those two years. So I think there's just a, uh, changing of the guard that needs to go down with these giants and they'll definitely be looking for somebody in the draft and it looks like it may at this point it may be justin herbert um from the oregon uh ducks so he looks pretty incredible as well so we'll see if that happens come april moving on to atlanta the buccaneers and the falcons the bucks drive late trying to catch up with the Falcons, but the Falcons outpace them and get a much needed win 34 to 29 julio jones over um uh, just about 150 yards, but still no touchdown for Julio. For Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston, uh, first start back, 395 through the air, four touchdowns and two picks. He looked really good against this terrible off uh, defense, rather. Both these teams very, very struggled on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Jameis Winston, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns and two picks. Peyton Barber had a nice bounce back game. I think a lot of people thought, 
Ronald Jones would get a nice break uh, breakout opportunity here, but Peyton Barber proved otherwise. 13 carries, 82 yards on the ground, and four catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown on four targets through the air. So it looks like Peyton Barber will remain the starter there in Tampa Bay for the time being. Chris Godwin had a nice game, six catches, 56 yards, a touchdown on nine targets. And O.J. Howard, four catches, 62 yards, a touchdown on four targets, was questionable coming in. And I made a report last week uh, on Tuesday that he was set to miss two to four weeks, but he clearly had a uh, nice bounce back and was able to come in after the bye and and, uh, get healthy. So O.J. Howard is fired up and had a nice – bounce back game here after a lot of us thought he was going to be out for a number of weeks. So keep an eye on OJ Howard moving forward. Deshaun Jackson, four catches, 77 yards on nine targets. Good to see him still getting work with Jameis. And last year they were off a couple of yards on some deep bombs, didn't have the connection quite set. So if that connection can hit well, like it did with Fitzpatrick, Deshaun Jackson could be a monster moving forward. Adam Humphreys as well, out of the slot, a nice fourth option in that Tampa Bay receiving core. Three catches, 82 yards, and four targets. Mike Evans, however, stalled out a little bit. Four catches, 58 yards on five targets, which is surprising because over the years, Jameis and Mike Evans have been very connected, but not today. And Cameron Brait we all thought was going to have a breakout option as well this week. A lot of people fired him up as a surefire uh, automatic uh, start in DFS, but he had just one catch early. That catch went for a touchdown of 15 yards, but he had just one target um, for that touchdown the entire game. So he had a touchdown early, but nothing much after that. And Ronald Jones, as I mentioned, just one carry for three yards, three catches, 16 yards, and three targets. Didn't get the work that many of us were expecting. I started him in a uh, in a league where I was firing up a second flex position, filling in for some buys. I thought that Ronald Jones would get more work. I didn't see much coming from Peyton Barber. That backfired. So I had a couple. I had one league. Actually, it was the listener league where I had a number of players on buy this week that I had to fill in a handful of bench guys. And I thought just for kicks, I'd throw in some kind of uh, dark horse deep sleepers that could potentially blow up um, and win me the league, or they could crap the bed. And uh, (laughs) as you'll see through this report, most of them did not come through, Ronald Jones being one of them. For Atlanta, Matt Ryan, another solid game, 354 and three touchdowns. Julio Jones, absolute beast, 10 catches, 143 through the air, 14 targets, just didn't get his touchdown. I know I'm not going to go through the touchdown situation like everybody else's. We'll talk about that throughout the week. Touchdowns are touchdowns, but Julio Jones, still the best receiver on the team, arguably top three to five receiver in the league in general. So 10 catches, 143 on 14 targets for Julio. He's just fine. And Austin Hooper has been doing very well at the tight end position as of late. He's a must-start weekly, nine catches, 71 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets to fire up Austin Hooper. Some stallers for Atlanta, Mohamed Sanu, Two catches, 46 yards, a touchdown on two targets. Would have had a bigger game, but he left with a hip injury. And likewise, Calvin Ridley also left with a knee injury. Three catches, 43, 47 yards, excuse me, on three targets. Daniel will have more on this tomorrow. And Tevin Coleman, 10 carries, 35 yards, one catch, six yards, a touchdown on two targets. And Ito Smith, 11 carries, 22 yards, and a touchdown as well. Devonta Freeman has been placed on IR, unfortunately, so these two running backs, Coleman and Edo Smith, should definitely get a bump moving forward. 
So keep an eye on that production, but they will definitely be splitting. I would not expect either one of them to, to be a workhorse there, as we have seen throughout the season that Freeman's been out for the last couple of games and they are splitting the duties there. Moving on to Cincinnati, the Steelers go on the road in Cincinnati, hostile environment, uh, divisional matchup, and get a big win here against the Bengals, 28-21. Pittsburgh comes out on top. Antonio Brown, game-winning 31-yard touchdown on potentially an illegal screen, but it sounds like it was a legal play. It looked kind of weird when you're watching the highlights, but looks like it was all good to go. A.B. scores late, and the Steelers take down the Bengals for a big win for Pittsburgh. Big Ben, 369, and a touchdown through the air. James Conner continues to crush. 19 carries for 111 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Could have had three or four. He got stuffed a couple of the times, and they ended up uh, going another direction on the goal line. But James Conner's a beast. Four catches, 18 yards on seven targets as well. And A.B., five catches, 105 one touchdown and six targets. Didn't get the massive targets, but he made the most of them. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches, 111, and 10 targets. He was like three inches away from a deep touchdown where he dove, made a hell of a catch, rolled up on the uh, Cincinnati defender, and as he was kind of rolling over into the end zone, the crown of his helmet touched the ground. And the rule is uh, either, you know, a knee, elbow, or a body part. So it looks like, um, or I'm sorry, the, the the ball or a body part, and it looks like he uh, just hit his helmet on the, right before the goal line, they marked him short, and uh, Connor was able to, to bring it in. But Juju could have had a much bigger game, but all solid uh, the same. Vance, had seven catches, 68 yards on eight targets. He remains a solid option. Definitely a dud last week when I fired him up finally in a streamer position, and he was horrible, uh, but comes back this week and 13.8 uh, PPR points. So Vance is a great option at the tight end position. No real stallers here for uh, the Steelers. For the Bengals side, Joe Mixon, 11 carries, 64 yards and a touchdown for Catches 20 yards on seven targets. So could have had a bigger get, uh, day. He had a couple um, bigger runs called back on penalties, but nice game for Mixon. Tyler Boyd remains hot. Seven catches, 62 yards, two touchdowns on nine targets. And A.J. Green does his thing. Seven catches, 85 yards on 12 targets. And Uzoma, six catches, 54 yards on seven targets. The only real staller here for the Bengals was Andy Dalton, 229 for two touchdowns. Not a terrible game, but if you streamed him against this uh, pretty bad Steelers defense, you didn't get what you thought you were getting out of him as the Steelers did happen to show up on the road. So Steelers get a big win there. Another big win, Chargers over the Browns, 38-14. Melvin Gordon, career-high three rushing touchdowns. Melvin Gordon had 18 carries, 132 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground, and another two catches on four targets for 18 yards. He's a surefire top-tier PPR running back, and if you were to draft today, I would argue that he would it would be Gurley number one and potentially Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley as number two with Alvin Kamara right behind him. Also, James Connors up there, of course, uh, Zeke Elliott, um, the the running backs. If you, if you pick the right running back in the first round, you are very, very happy here. Tyrell Williams, three big catches, two back-to-back catches on the exact same play. Both win for over 40 yards. Three catches, 118, two touchdowns on four targets for him. And some stallers, Keenan Allen, four catches, 41 yards. 
or excuse me, I read that wrong. Keenan Allen, four rushes for 41 yards. So four carries for 41 yards, four catches for 62 yards on six targets for Keenan Allen. Phillip Rivers, 207, two touchdowns and a pick. And Austin Eckler, just 60 yards on seven carries. Nothing through the air, which was uh, unique for him. And Mike Williams is just stalling and stalling and stalling the last couple of weeks. I'm keeping him on all of my benches because I believe in the talent. But if you need to get rid of him, uh, feel free to do so and make him prove it because he's just not getting it done. Just one catch for four yards on four targets. Antonio Gates, one catch five yards on two targets. You're probably not starting Antonio Gates, but I thought I'd throw him in here in case you're looking for a streaming position. For the Browns, David Njoku, seven catches, 57 yards, a touchdown on 12 targets. Duke Johnson comes back to life, two carries, 36 yards, but four catches, 73 yards, and five targets. I think this is what we expected from him coming in, and we just haven't seen it yet. So nice to see Duke Johnson getting moved. Uh, getting some movement in the backfield. And I know that Daniel has been firing him up week in and week out because uh, he likes those PPR running backs, but hasn't been um, getting it until now. So nice to see Duke involved. And kind of a random name here to, to keep an eye on, Damian Ratley, six catches, 82 yards on eight targets. Got a note here, Ratley had been active just twice in the Browns' first five games, totaling one snap on offense and 19 on special teams. But with Rashard Higgins hampered by an MCL sprain, Ratley got to start Sunday and ranked third in offensive snaps at 88% among the Cleveland receivers. So someone to keep an eye on moving forward. And it looks like Baker Mayfield likes to spread the ball around. So a lot of people thought that uh, Landry would get a huge tick, which he still had nine targets, which we'll get to here in a second. He still had a nice active game, but he just isn't able to pull them in so they're not on the same page. So it looks like Baker, you know, preseason is working with all the backups and things before Terod Taylor went down. So it looks like he might have some rapport with those guys as well. So keep an eye on all of the Browns receivers as we're not really sure who's going to pop each week there. As for Baker himself, 238, one touchdown and two picks. He had an ankle slip up on a yard marker running out of bounds. Kind of a weird play, just kind of scrambled uh, to try to pick up a first down. And as he was running out of bounds, he ran over kind of that orange uh, arrowed tarp um, that you see laying down at the yardstick out of bounds. He just kind of ran over that. And as he tried to slow himself down, he slipped and kind of uh, chucked his knee up and his ankle a little bit. He walked back to the huddle hobbling and, and was kind of limping around the rest of the game. So he seems to be okay. He should play uh, next week. But um, keep an eye on this for, for Baker Mayfield for sure, as it was kind of a, a weird situation. You never want any, you know, any extremity uh, injured for a quarterback especially. So keep an eye on Baker. Antonio Callaway didn't do it this week. A lot of people expected him to, to start exploding. It's not happening. He did get 10 targets, but just two catches for nine yards. He just couldn't connect with Baker Mayfield. And likewise, Jarvis Landry also couldn't connect again, those nine targets, but just two catches and 11 yards. So Antonio Callaway and Jarvis Landry combined for 19 targets from Baker Mayfield, but they had just four catches for 20 yards total. Not going to get it done. Keep an eye there. And Carlos Hyde, slow game, 14 carries, 34 yards for the Browns. Moving on to Houston. Josh Allen left the game with an elbow injury. Looks like this one. Keep an eye on this. Daniel will have more tomorrow on News and Notes. Uh, but keep an eye throughout the week. He's definitely, well, I won't say definitely yet as of this recording on Tuesday, but he is not looking good to play this week in week seven. And honestly, uh, he could potentially be out 
um, a couple of weeks here with this injury. So keep an eye on Josh Allen. You're probably not firing him up in, in uh, fantasy circles. And honestly, you're probably not firing up the bills in general, but just in case you have some deep sleeper situations or two QB leagues or, you know, dynasty formats, whatever. And you're actually looking at Josh Allen. Um, it looks like he's got a hiccup with his elbow. So could be nothing major, but it also sounds like before we get the reports that it, it could be something that we need to uh, monitor moving forward. Nathan Peterman came in. Through a game ending pick six, unfortunately for Nathan Peterman, um, that just seems to be what he does. So the Bills did have a chance to win this game against the Texans, but Texans prevail 20 to 13 over the Bills. On the Buffalo side, Shady McCoy, decent game, 16 carries, 73 yards, three catches, 21 yards on five targets. Looks like for now he's going to stay put in Buffalo, but keep an eye on these trade rumors. Again, if you are able to stomach it and you're able to kill a spot and you're able to kind of just wait it out, if he stays in Buffalo, you're willing to deal with that. You may want to uh, take a shot on trading low for Shady McCoy to see if he actually does get traded here, potentially to Philadelphia, but could go elsewhere as well. Keep an eye on those reports. Zay Jones has a has a subtle comeback here. Three catches, 35 yards, a touchdown on eight targets. And a shout-out to the Bills defense, who has been playing very well. And the Bills defense has basically been disguising how bad the Bills team actually is because on offense they're horrendous, but that defense is legit and they're getting better. Bill's defense, two picks, a, f a fumble recovery, seven sacks, and just 14 points allowed against uh, Deshaun Jackson. So shout out to uh, the Bill's defense there. You can fire them up as a streaming option moving forward. Some stallers, Kelvin Benjamin every single week, two catches, 43 yards and six targets. Josh Allen, as I said, uh, just 84 yards before he left. More on that tomorrow. And Peterman, nobody played Peterman, but just, you know, unfortunately for this guy, he's, I mean, he's just not going to have a job after this year. He had that debacle a couple of, uh, last year, and then they throw him in a couple other times. And it was too bad because he actually threw a, a dime for a touchdown uh, before the Texans pulled away and, and actually put the Bills up in the fourth quarter or late third quarter and um, gave the Bills a chance to win this game. But then on the next drive, threw a pick six, and the rest is history. So Houston takes the win. For the Texans, DeAndre Hopkins, business as usual, five catches, 63 yards, a touchdown on six targets. Just six targets here was impressive. But again, I mentioned last week, Tredavious White is the truth for uh, the Bills. He is a great cornerback. He's not getting a lot of hype because he plays for the Bills, but he is legit. He is able to kind of shut down these massive receivers here. And so for DeAndre Hopkins to only have five catches for 63 yards and basically had a battle for his touchdown on six targets, that says something big time for Tredavious White. So if you're facing that, uh, Bill's uh, defense with your number one receiver, make sure that they're good enough to handle those one-on-one -on -one matchups because Tredavious White is the truth. Deshaun Watson stalled out big time, just 117, a touchdown and two picks, 117. Yikes, not good in the fantasy leagues. Lamar Miller, business as usual, pretty horrendous. 15 carries, 46 yards, two catches, 25 yards on three targets. I started him as well. I said that I wasn't going to, but ended up that I had to and fired him up, and he was just not good. So I'm I am absolutely done with Lamar Miller. Alfred Blue should have got the uh, start, should have played more snaps. He didn't really did okay with his work. Seven carries, 26 yards, two catches, 17 yards, and three targets. In my opinion, far better than Lamar Miller, and they should just give him the work. Kiki Kuti comes back down to earth, three catches, 33 yards, five targets, and Will Fuller, two catches, 33 yards on three targets. So just overall, the Houston offense stuttered out a little bit against that Bills defense. Moving into Miami, this was actually a hell of a game. 
Miami upsets the Bears 31 to 28. Jason Sanders game winning 47 yard field goal in overtime as the Dolphins beat the Bears. We'll go over this as we preview the NFL picks on Friday's episode. But uh, if you listened last week, I did pick the Dolphins to win this game outright against the Bears. And um, Curly and, and Daniel were against me, and I had my reasons. And then Sunday morning early, I got the report that uh, Ryan Tannehill was going to be out for this game and Brock Osweiler was getting the start. So I texted them early at like 8 a.m. And I said, hey, guys, I know this is kind of lame, but I'm going to change my pick before it happens. I'm going to go with the Bears instead of the Dolphins because Tannehill's out, Brock Osweiler's in. The Dolphins got the win anyway. <laughs> so life lessons, stick with your gut. We'll start with the Bears. Trubisky, another hot game, 316, three touchdowns and a pick. Eight uh, carries for 47 yards as well. Trubisky is remaining solid. And Tariq Cohen, man, stays hot as well. Five carries, 31 yards, seven catches, 90 yards and nine targets. Allen Robinson had a nice game. Five catches, 64 yards, a touchdown on six targets, and Taylor Gabriel remains hot as well. Five catches, 110 through the air on five targets. Trey Burton, another shovel pass save for his fantasy players. Four catches, 23 yards. He did get a touchdown on those four targets, but again, it was one of those little kind of fake reverse uh, shovel passes for two yards that he ended up getting a touchdown on and on. But if he doesn't score there, he basically has uh, 20 yards um, through the air on three receptions. So Trey Burton remains relevant in the tight end landscape, but ooh, he gives me the heebie-jeebies. I started Eric Ebron over him again this week, and that panned out well. Anthony Miller showed up too. He's been injured the last couple of weeks, but he had one catch for 29 yards, but that one catch was a dime for a touchdown on four targets. Keep an eye on Anthony Miller moving forward. I've got him stashed deep on my bench, and I'm just kind of waiting to see if anything happens to one of these receivers, but I really believe in Anthony Miller. And in that league, the all-in league of record that we have, I'm keeping him as a potential keeper option deep in, uh, I think I drafted him in the 13-14th round, something like that. So definitely a deep option moving into next year. So keep an eye on Anthony Miller moving forward. Some stallers, Jordan Howard, yikes, 14 carries, 69 yards, nothing through the air at all. He looks good when he runs. He's healthy. I just don't understand. Um, they needed him to stand aside for Tariq Cohen in the game script, I guess. But Matt Nagy just last week said they were going to get him more work. It sounds like that wasn't the case. So unfortunately, we still need to hold tight and see what happens. But Getting a little frustrating here with Jordan Howard, especially if you got him in that, you know, second, second, early third round. I know that I certainly did. Uh, Bears defense also stalled out here. The Bears came in as the number one defense in the league, and Brock Osweiler and company took care of that. Just two picks, a fumble recovery, and 31 points against. So the two, the, you know, the three turnovers is nice, but 31 points against against this Dolphins offense is not what they expected. They absolutely stonewalled. Um, Khalil Mack and the rest of that Bears defense. So shout out to the Dolphins. For Miami, we're going to start with the legend Frank Gore. My man, Frank Gore, 15 carries, 101 yards on the ground, another 18-yard catch. He's the first 100-yard rusher versus the Bears this year. So if I gave you the six running backs that have gone against – or six running back committees that have gone against the Bears this week and gave you the running backs and asked you to who – who scored, you know, the most yards against them on the ground, first 100-yard rusher, you probably wouldn't choose Frank Gore, but he certainly got it done late in that game. And this is not good news for Kenyon Drake 
Kenny and Drake stalled out, so I'll skip ahead really quick. Kenny and Drake stalled out in this game, so I put him in the staller category. 13 carries, 57 yards, four catches, 21 yards on six targets. But basically, those numbers were inflated late as Frank Gore carried them in the second half. He was running very well. He broke off a couple 10, 15, 20-yard runs, and he got all the way down to the goal line. They tried to um, stuff it in with Frank Gore, and he he got he landed on his knee kind of funky, and he came out of the game. Um, for basically the remainder of the game. And uh, Kenyon Drake went back in to get a couple more touches. He did have a nice uh, reception or a run. I can't remember. It was about, you know, 20 yards or so later to set up the Dolphins in overtime. But that inflated the stats. But basically they were riding Frank Gore at the end there. So I'm I'm very, very worried about Kenyon Drake still. Back up to the, to the ballers. Can't go much farther without giving big ups to Brock Osweiler. Listen to this. Brock Osweiler is 4-0 in his career in overtime. So he's played four career overtime games. He is 4-0. And he has beaten the Bears in three different team debuts. So his first game as a Bronco, beat the Bears. First game as a Texan, he beat the Bears. And first game as a Dolphin, he beat the Bears. Brock Osweiler, huge game. And most of that came at the hands of Albert Wilson. My man, Albert Wilson, six catches, 155, two long touchdowns, 43 yards and 75 yards on nine targets. Alfred Wilson is kind of, you know, Tyreek Hill light. Uh, He's able to just make one man miss and he's gone. Uh, Looked really, really good there. He plays special teams, of course, as well. So Albert Wilson is a stud. I mentioned early in the, in the, uh, preseason that I thought he might be the leading receiver for these Dolphins. And with Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker uh, kind of just, you know, fading out very quickly here, that looks like that could definitely be a realistic. So keep an eye on Albert Wilson moving forward. Quick note on Nick O'Leary, uh, formerly on the Buffalo Bills, did pretty well though with Terod Taylor in um, the absence of Charles Clay. But he looked okay here, four catches, 49 yards, a touchdown of four targets. So keep an eye here if you need a deep uh, tight end option. And Danny Amendola pops up eight catches, 59 yards on 11 targets. I already mentioned Drake in the Stallers category, but I'll mention Stills as well. Just one catch for 35 yards on two targets. I'd mentioned he was boomer bust. He has been bust the last couple of weeks. Be careful with Kenny Stills. And Ryan Tannehill, one more time, did not play, and he is day-to-day as of now. For Minnesota and Arizona, Minnesota gets a win here. Much needed. I don't think anyone doubted that they were going to bring it against the Cardinals, but they did lose to the Bills a couple of weeks ago. So nice to see the Vikings take care of business here at home against the Cardinals 27-17. Adam Thielen, six straight 100-yard receiving games. NFL record to start a season. Also leads the league in receptions. Adam Thielen is incredible. He had 11 catches, 123 yards, a touchdown on 15 targets. Latavius Murray stepped in very well for Dalvin Cook, who was a late scratch. He's done this a couple times this year where Latavius Murray has gotten the bulk of the work, but he hasn't exactly been the top dog, but he certainly was today and gave that nice production. 24 carries, 155 and a touchdown, and one catch for three yards as well for Latavius Murray. So if Dalvin Cook continues to miss, keep an eye on Latavius Murray moving forward, and he should just be on your bench if you have Dalvin Cook either way. Some stallers for Minnesota, uh, still decent games compared to many other players around the league, but when you're playing at the magnitude of Cousins and Diggs uh, and Rudolph even, um, you need to kind of nitpick here. So Cousins and Diggs and Rudolph and Treadwell did have some solid games here. Cousins, 233, a touchdown and a pick, and four carries, 
for 14 yards, but he did run one of those in. So uh, Cousins showing a little bit of his his leg abilities, saving um, fantasy owners with a, a second touchdown there. But Cousins not doing as much as he has been the rest of this week, uh, the rest of the season, because Latavius Murray was able to bring it against these Cardinals. Stephon Diggs definitely stalled out. Just five targets, three catches, and 33 yards. Definitely um, hurt fantasy owners, and it didn't pan out so well because I actually. I started so in one of my leagues. I had to start. Um, uh, I started Jarvis Landry over uh, Stefan Diggs, which was a good move. But Jarvis Landry didn't do much either. But um, knowing that I knew that Stiggs, uh, Diggs was going to have a tough game against um, Patrick Peterson and the Cardinals, I thought was a good kind of pat on the back there. So I made the right call. I just wasn't able to get the right person in for this week. And Treadwell, nobody's really playing Treadwell, but I've mentioned him a couple times on these recaps that he has the random good games. So keep an eye on him, but four for, for 38 on four targets isn't going to get it done. And Kyle Rudolph, four for 37 on four targets at the tight end position. So keep an eye keep an eye there. You're starting Rudolph if you have him, because again, there's about you know six to eight tight ends that if you have them, you're starting them every week because they're capable of big weeks. And Rudolph is definitely one of those guys, but not much to do there. And, and like I said last week, the Cardinals are actually decent against uh, the the tight end, so don't don't be uh, too down on Rudolph there. Another exciting game: the Jets and the Colts. The Jets pull away forty two to thirty four. This was really back and forth, a lot of high scoring. Jason Myers, the kicker for the Jets, had seven field goals, seven field goals. Shout out to Jason Myers for the Colts. Andrew Luck. Only 43 attempts this week. He's had 60 in the last couple of weeks, but only 43 attempts this week. 301, four touchdowns, but he also had three picks. So luck is chucking it to his team and the other. Eric Ebron stays hot as well. Four catches on seven targets, 71 yards, and his weekly touchdown. Fire up Ebron. He is solid as long as Diggs, Diggs excuse me, Doyle stays out and uh, T.Y. Hilton as well. Chester Rogers, four catches, 55 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. And Marlon Mack returned this week, 12 carries, 89 yards, a catch for four yards and two targets. Marlon Mack looked really good, actually, in his work here. So if, if he's still on your waiver somehow, go scoop him up. But um, if he is a kind of a buy low candidate in a trade, you may want to make a move there if you're struggling at running back. So keep an eye on Marlon Mack. The other running back here that is of note in – uh, Indianapolis the last couple of weeks is Naheem Hines, but he had a very stalled out game this week. Uh, three carries, 14 yards, two catches, 21 yards on three targets. So just five touches and uh, 35 total yards for Naheem Hines, who has been doing very, very well. But this is kind of that Kamara Ingram light situation where Naheem Hines was kind of the only option there for a handful of weeks and got all the work that he could possibly handle. And his numbers were obviously huge. Marlon Mack comes back, sees a bulk of the work, and Naheem Hines uh, loses a lot of those touches. So keep an eye. I've been comparing Hines to Kamara, you know, lightly uh, since the beginning of the preseason, and I still believe it. I think that he's got the talent and the ability. We've seen it with Mack out, but we'll see if they can double up like Ingram and Kamara have in New Orleans. So keep an eye there. For the Jets, Sam Darnold, decent day, 280, two touchdowns and a pick. Jermaine Curse comes back. Haven't heard Jermaine Curse's name for a while, certainly not this season, but he paced the Jets receivers with nine catches, 94 yards on 10 targets. So keep an eye on Jermaine Curse. And Terrell Pryor, five catches, 57 yards, a touchdown as well, and six targets. So good to see Terrell Pryor back. And 
Chris Herndon, who's the tight end for the Jets, two catches, 56 yards, a nice 32-yard touchdown on two targets. So, again, another tight end name to potentially throw out there. And, again, shout-out to Jason Myers. Seven field goals, 27 points in fantasy football. So if you had Jason Myers by chance as a streaming category, nice work. Anytime your kicker gets over 10 points, you're stoked. 27 is pretty incredible. So big up Jason Myers on the kicking game. Some stallers, Isaiah Crowell, back to earth. Surprise, surprise. 13 carries, 40 yards, two catches, 12 yards on two targets. Saw this coming. He'll probably blow up next week as he goes every other week, but this is why I'm not feeling Isaiah Crowell. Bilal Powell as well. Nothing in the pass game at all, which was surprising as he's supposed to be the pass catcher and they could have used him here late in the game, but I think they were just trying to run it down the throats of the Colts and it didn't work as much. 16 carries, 59 yards. So these guys went over 300 yards last week on 30 carries. And this week they had 29 carries. So they got the work, but just 99 yards total. So 200 yards less than they did last week against that Denver running game, uh, run defense, excuse me. And Robbie Anderson back to earth as well. Three catches, 39 yards on five targets. He's boomer bust. We know this. I'm not worried about Robbie Anderson moving forward. Although if you want to keep him as a stash on your bench, it looks like Darnold's getting more comfortable. Again, he is a rookie. It is going to take time, but looks like he's spreading spreading the wealth around and nothing from uh, Quincy Anuno here. The Seahawks dismantle the Raiders in London. My goodness, the Raiders are terrible. Uh, the Seahawks go into London across the pond and slap around the Raiders 27-3. to Russell Wilson, a uh, pedestrian game, but I have to throw him up here in the, in the ballers category, I guess. Um, 17 completions on 23 tar- uh, attempts. So just 23 attempts, once again, 222 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick, another six carries for 20 yards, mediocre through the air, and no real burst on the ground for Russell Wilson. So he's not Russell Wilson of the past couple of years um, for multiple reasons. But, you know, if you streamed him or, I mean, you don't stream Russell Wilson, I guess. If you played him, he probably did well enough because he gets his three touchdowns, but still worried about Russell Wilson. Doug Baldwin did look good, though. Six catches, 91 yards, eight targets. He looks healthy and a good asset moving forward. So fire up Doug Baldwin weekly um, as he is going to be a, you know, receiver two um, and probably a, uh, you know, nice option once Russell Wilson and this offense can figure it out with everybody back here. Seattle does have a bye next week, but, you know, that'll just give – Baldwin one more week to heal up. David Moore continues to stay relevant. Second week with a touchdown, two catches, 47 yards on three targets. And shout out to the Seattle defense. Just three points against uh, the Raiders here. Um, The Raiders are definitely banged up, which I'll get to here in a second, but they looked really bad. Some stallers here for the Seattle Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, three catches, 13 yards, and a touchdown, four targets. So he got his TD, but nothing much else. Keep an eye on Tyler Lockett. I'm still worried about him. He's very boomer bust. He's been much boom and getting his touchdowns, but just 13 yards. Yikes. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and Mike Davis involved here. Three-headed monster. Chris Carson, 59 yards on 14 carries, nothing through the air. Rashad Penny, nine carries, 43 yards, 27 yards on two catches. And Mike Davis, 
six carries, 21 yards, another five yards on a catch, three-headed monster moving forward. No thanks. This was nice when one of these guys is hurt, two of these guys is hurt, and they have a bell cow. looks like they get the work. Otherwise, Pete Carroll is going to want to spread it out. I don't want that. For Oakland, no ballers at all. They looked pretty pitiful. They looked flat. Seattle looked hype and ready to make a, a, a difference out there in London. Oakland, not so much. Marshawn Lynch did his best to have a revenge game, but he got game scripted out very early. 13 carries, 45 yards. They used him early but couldn't late. And another 14 yards on three catches later. And Jalen Richard, who was supposed to kind of pick it up in the passing game, which he did decently with 48 yards on seven targets or seven catches, uh, I'm sorry, um, but just two carries for three yards. So not much of a pass catching back in this one, which was surprising as I think that they could have used him much, much more. He should have had, you know, 10, 15 targets because Derek Carr couldn't throw the ball down the field. Derek Carr had a total of 142 yards, no touchdowns, of course, 142 yards from Derek Carr. He didn't complete a pass more than 10 yards. Jesus. Amari Cooper left the game early with a brutal concussion, I've been giving Amari Cooper a lot of shit on the podcast last couple of weeks because I just don't think he's as good as everybody else wants to believe he is. But football aside, this is a really nasty hit. I hope the best for him. It was one of those where he just got crunched and just went limp on the ground. You could tell he was out immediately. I feel bad for the guy, and hopefully he can have a speedy recovery. Looks like the Raiders are also open to trading him potentially, but the trade deadline is coming up next Tuesday, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to bounce back in time to make a case. So keep an eye on this. Daniel might have more on this tomorrow, but I would certainly monitor this uh, this week and uh, next as the Raiders are going to be on a bye next week, which will buy a little bit more time for Amari to get healthy, but not looking good either way as he's boom bust, of course. Jared Cook, two catches, 10 yards, two targets, and Jordy Nelson, six yards on two catches. So nothing going on here for Oakland. I'm not playing anybody. Marshawn, if you need him, Jared Cook, if you need him, but everybody else, no, thank you. Panthers come into Washington. Washington bounces back after a basically an embarrassment on uh, Monday night football last week as the saints destroyed them, but the Redskins bounced back at home 23, 17 over the Panthers, Carolina, Cam Newton, decent game, 275, two touchdowns and a pick, another 43 yards on nine carries. Devin Funches, nice game, a great touchdown catch, five catches, 74 yards, that touchdown and eight targets. He had a really nice catch where he literally just jumped over the defender and snatched it out from right in front of him. Go look at that highlight. It was a really nice catch. And Devin Funches able to use his big 6'5 frame. So good to see him getting the work. Torrey Smith. Sighting five catches, 43 yards, a touchdown on five targets. Some stallers here, though. Christian McCaffrey, eight carries, just 20 yards, and seven catches, just 46 yards on seven targets. So Christian McCaffrey, 15 total touches for just 66 yards. Definitely not doing it for the fantasy production you were expecting. Greg Olson did return uh, for the first time this year after leaving the opener versus Dallas with a foot injury. Came back this week. Uh, they used him pretty well, seven targets. He had four catches, 48 yards. I expect more of the same moving forward. If you have Greg Olson, fire him up. Again, I'm not super crazy about him, but if you have him, he's a reliable tight end while he's healthy, put him in there. And another staller, I mentioned Graham Gano because he did have that game-winning field goal last week, uh, which created a lot of hype. It was a record-tying field goal at 63 yards to win the game for the Panthers over Dallas. But uh, unfortunately, um, it was... Not this way. Um, this week, he had just one field goal. I streamed him, um, and that was a mistake. So another whiff there um, for my listener league team. 
for the Redskins. A, uh, excuse me, for the Redskins, Adrian Peterson, 17 carries, 97 yards. He looked good, nothing through the air, but not to be terribly uh, surprised there. Vernon Davis connects with Alex Smith once again for a touchdown. Three catches, 48 yards on three targets. And Paul Richardson also gets a touchdown, three catches, 31 yards on five targets. Alex Smith himself just 163 and did have two touchdowns, but um, they were kind of short and a, a short game for Alex Smith there. So not throwing the ball deep down the field as he did last year in Kansas City. This was the worry coming in. And he had another six carries for 13 yards, so just about two yards per carry. Um, he is mobile, but not getting it done this year. Jordan Reed, just 36 yards on five catches for nine targets. And Josh Dodson, three catches, 20 yards on six targets. So that offense not doing very well, but the defense of Washington playing very well against Cam Newton and the boys and the Panthers. So the Redskins do get the W, but keep an eye on that Washington offense as a whole. For the afternoon games, the Rams squeak by the Broncos. Man, this game was a lot closer than it should have been. Todd Gurley, career high, 208 rushing yards. The Rams go to 6-0 and for the first time since 2001. In that year, they faced Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Of course, they lost on the last second field goal, but they did make it to the Super Bowl that year. So Rams, the last undefeated team at 6-0. and For the Rams, Todd Gurley, as I mentioned, 28 carries, 208 yards, two touchdowns, another 17 yards through the air on five targets. I had mentioned last week that I thought he was just going to sit out the fourth quarter because they weren't going to need him. They did need him because this game was close, but Todd Gurley did get his work in almost 30 touches, over 200 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He's incredible. Robert Woods here, the top receiver for the Rams, seven catches, 109 on 10 targets. Some stallers, Jared Goff, just 201 yards and a pick, no touchdowns. And Brandon Cooks did play as well as Cooper Cup. Uh, but neither one of them did much. Brandon Cooks, just two catches, 53 yards on six targets. And Cooper Cup had one rush for 12 yards, nothing through the air. He actually left the game after a nasty horse collar tackle. He returned to the game after this. There was a bunch of Twitter blowing up uh, when he got hurt early in the game that he was basically out for the game. It looked like it could have been season ending. It was really nasty how his legs got folded up behind him on a horse collar tackle. But he actually returned into the game later on, but he he proved to be simply a decoy moving forward. So keep an eye on Cooper Cup moving forward here, whether he plays uh, next week. For the Rams defense, also stalled out. This vaunted Rams defense got pretty exposed against the Broncos, and I don't think they're as bad as uh, bad as in you know, scary as we thought maybe. Um, just one pick, two sacks, and 20 points against against Ke Case Keenum. So definitely uh, with Akib Talib out, they are certainly vulnerable through through the pass here. And, and Emmanuel Sanders had a nice game. Seven catches, 115, and a touchdown on 10 targets for the Broncos. And Demarius Thomas had a garbage time touchdown, but in fantasy football, they all count. Three catches, 57 yards, a touchdown on those four targets. And Cortland Sutton still building three catches, 58 yards on four targets. And Cortland Sutton had the same reception total and target total as Demarius Thomas, three catches and four targets each, and just one less yard than Demarius Thomas. So I keep saying, I mentioned Daniel last week that I didn't think Demarius Thomas was even the second best receiver on the team. I think Cortland Sutton is, and I think he's going to be as the season grows. So keep an eye on him moving forward. Some stallers, Case Keenum, 322, which is a nice game and two touchdowns, which is actually pretty solid. 
but he did have a costly pick later on. And I just don't think that he's able to, you know, have those big numbers uh, consistently that he did last week with those wet or last year with those weapons in Minnesota. So he's a decent streaming option next week against Arizona, but um, kind of let you down. If you, if you streamed him. I think some people were thinking that he could get away with it versus the Rams, which he did. And it was a decent game, but I, I guess, I guess he could be in the, the baller category considering he played the Rams, but I just thought, um, you know, that costly pick is, is big and it was less about his numbers and more about just the mindset and what goes on there. So keep an eye moving forward. Philip Lindsay, Freeman and Booker all going to evolve. This is a mess. This is an absolute mess. Um, let's see. Philip Lindsay, four catch, uh, four carries, 18 yards, six catches, 48 yards. Freeman, nothing through the passing game, just 22 yards on the ground. And Devontae Booker also getting some carries. Uh, he had four touches for 29 yards. So I'm staying away from this entire backfield. It's getting more and more messy. Unless somebody goes down, this is going to be a mess here. If you have to start anybody, I guess it's Philip Lindsay moving forward. The Jags get embarrassed by the Cowboys, and their defense gets exposed big time. Huge game from Beasley. Dak, Zeke played really well for Dallas. Um, they basically held the Jaguars scoreless until middle third quarter and let up only one touchdown for that seven points. So the Jaguar, uh, the Cowboys win big 40 to seven over the uh, Jaguars at home for Cole Beasley, nine catches, one Oh one, two touchdowns and 11 targets. Dak nice game, one eighty three, two touchdowns and a career high rushing day, 11 carries 82 yards and a touchdown Zeke business as usual, 24 carries one Oh six in the touchdown, another 11 yards through the air and the kicker Mar. 21 fantasy points and a shout out to the Dallas defense who's getting better and better each week. One pick, one fumble recovery, three sacks, and just seven points against. They look good overall, especially at home. So, a potential streaming option moving forward. And the only stallers were basically the rest of the Dallas receivers as they were every single week. So, it looks like uh, Beasley is the number one receiver there for Dallas. For the Jaguars, yikes. I put D.D. Westbrook in the baller category because he was the only bright spot with 38 yards and a touchdown, but everybody else was a staller. Blake Bortles, 149, a touchdown and a pick. Back to his usual Bortling. Yeldon, who I think everybody thought was going to step in huge to get the start, just eight carries, 41 yards, 29 yards through the air. Keelan Cole, four catches, 41 yards. Dante Moncrief didn't even have a catch. Jamal Charles in his debut had five carries for five yards. There's one yard per carry. and one catch for five yards on two targets. So keep an eye on him moving forward. He looked good in limited work with Yeldon, uh, you know, not as sturdy as a position. There's a uh, a potential that Jamal Charles could get more work moving forward. And the Jags D certainly killed fantasy teams with just three sacks, but 40 points against and negative one fantasy point. The Ravens, another slaughtering. The Ravens beat down the Titans, shutting them out 21-0. The Ravens have a franchise record, 11 sacks. They had three shutouts last year. This is their first this year. The Ravens' defense is legit. On the offensive side, Crabtree had 93 yards on six catches for a touchdown and nine targets. Alex Collins gets back to work, 19 carries, 54 yards, and two touchdowns. Nothing through the air, but it was surprising that the Tennessee uh, defensive line was uh, as vulnerable as it was, as they've been kind of the strong suit. But it looks like if Collins is able to get his work, then he can get it done. So two touchdowns there for Collins. I benched him, and uh, I put in um, – who was it? Oh, I'll remember as I move forward, but uh, didn't make the right – oh, I put in uh, Jordan Howard over Alex Collins, and that definitely bit me. So, oopsies. Willie Sneed, 
Nice game. Seven catches, 60 yards on 10 targets. And the Ravens defense, as I mentioned, 11 sacks, the most by any team in the NFL since 2011. Joe Flacco, just 238, a touchdown and a pick. John Brown, slow game, two catches, 28 yards. Expected a big game here, but the Baltimore running game basically controlled the tempo and the clock. So I'm not worried about John Brown moving forward, but it looks like they just took him out of the game here. And Buck Allen, one carry, one yard, three catches, 18 yards. They need to get Buck Allen the hell out of the game and keep Alex Collins out there. So hopefully this is a positive moving forward. Hayden Hurst, no catches at all. And Justin Tucker, just three extra points. Two games left here, Sunday night football, the Chief, uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots. This is an incredible game. Both uh, Sunday and Monday night games were amazing. The Chiefs come up short to the Patriots on the road, 43-40. to 40. Goskowski surpasses 400-plus yard field goals in his career, including the game winner as time expired for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, another stellar game, 352 through the air, four touchdowns and two picks two costly picks but he did have four touchdowns again though he was kind of stifled early in this game the first quarter i was texting curly back and forth like "Uh oh what's going on with Mahomes?" and of course he turned it on late but you know he he kind of just needs that spark but he's not as consistent as i think the numbers end up at the end of the day tyreek hill huge game seven catches 142 through the air three touchdowns and 12 targets so tyreek hill remains uh an absolute weapon and uh kareem hunt Looks like he's getting his work more so lately. 10 carries, 80 yards, five catches, 105 through the air on a nice long touchdown reception and six targets there. Some stallers for the Chiefs. Not a terrible game from Kelsey, but to his standards, just five catches, 61 yards on nine targets. And Sammy Watkins, I thought was going to have a bigger game. I had made a prediction that they were going to take out uh, Tyreek Hill as Bill Belichick takes out the top weapon, but it looks like nobody can actually stop Tyreek Hill. So even if they tried, they weren't able to. I thought Watkins would have a bigger game, but he did not. Just two catches, 18 yards on four targets. For the Patriots, business as usual for everybody. They had no stallers in this game. Tom Brady, 340, a touchdown, another rushing touchdown. Sony Michelle, 24 carries, 106, and two touchdowns. Could have had another two but he got stuffed and they went elsewhere. Nothing through the air though from him, just on the on the ground. Julian Edelman, four catches, 54 yards, a touchdown on seven targets. James White, six carries, 39 yards. So he did get his carries this week. And of course he got his yardage through the air, five catches, 53 yards on seven targets. Gronk, 97 yards on three targets, kind of saved the day late in the in the in the game on the last drive he had two nice catches for deep yardage so Gronk almost 100 yards there and Chris Hogan stays alive on a deep catch 78 yards on four catches still worried about him moving forward and Josh Gordon nice to see him to stay relevant five catches 42 yards on nine targets so everybody eats with Brady and it looks like they're spreading the ball around just fine but everybody seems to get their number four fantasy options so get a piece of this New England offense last game of the week a thriller in Lambeau. The 40, excuse me, the 49ers straight up outplayed the Packers for 55 minutes, but lose on the final drive to more Aaron Rodgers ridiculousness in prime time for the 49ers. CJ Beathard, who I actually streamed <laughs> in the listener league as well and put up a decent game. Um, I ended up losing that week. Uh, you could check out our Instagram for the final scores of our leagues um, between the three of us and our all in uh league of record and the listener league as well. I posted up this morning, 
But um, unfortunately, uh, I lost that week big time for from some other mistakes I made, which you'll mention, like Alfred Morris starting him. But C.J. Beathard was a good call, and he actually had a nice game. 16 for 23, so just 23 times with 245 through the air, two touchdowns, and a pick, costly pick at the end. And um, Marquise Goodwin looks like he's back to back to life here after a couple of weeks being hampered with his hamstring. Four catches, 126, two touchdowns on five targets. He had one where he just Tyreek Hill uh, blasted through um, on a deep post and caught a deep touchdown. So good news here for Goodwin owners. Matt Breida ended up starting this game, which we thought he was going to be out for a couple of weeks, but he was a late add, had a nice, you know, decent game here, 14 carries, 61 yards and a touchdown, nothing through the air. And Raheem Mostert, 12 carries, 87 yards, nothing through the air. But just a quick name to note, I mentioned him in the preseason a little bit uh, because just being Niner fans, I watched the preseason for the Niners, and he was looking really good. And when um, Jarek McKinnon went down, I thought that Raheem Mostert would get more work, and then they brought in Morris, so which obviously killed uh, Mostert's value. But um, keep it on him moving forward because if Morris isn't able to keep it up, which he did not even receive a carry this week, uh, he'll be the first staller. Um, he was healthy. I put him in because I thought Brito was going to sit A, and I wasn't able to change it in time. And even with that, I thought that uh, Morris would be the bell cow there getting use check a little bit of work in the backfield, but that just didn't happen. Um, it was a mess here for the 49ers, but keep an eye on Raheem Mostert. He's a deep, deep name, but I just know about him because I'm a Niner fan and just happen to pay attention. But possible opportunity if Brita goes down and Morris can't handle it, Mostert would be the option there in San Francisco. Some stallers, use check was a streaming option, just three catches on three targets for 30 yards, not much there. And George Kittle, pretty tame game. Four catches for 30 yards on six targets. He dropped a couple late. His numbers could have been much bigger, but not enough there. And as I mentioned, Alfred Morris didn't even receive a carry in this game. I played him as well in the Listener League. Another whoopsies. I think that's my fourth whoopsies of the week <laughs> in that league. I do pretty well um, starting the right guys, but unfortunately not this week. It just didn't pan out. I think I started the right guys coming into the game research-wise, but none of them panned out. For the Green Bay Packers, Last review here, Aaron Rodgers, ho-hum, 425 yards, two touchdowns late. Um, he had uh, three carries for 35 yards as well. Incredible final two drives, huge chunk plays, um, a long 21-yard scramble to extend the drive. Aaron Rodgers is a beast. He also had another play early on that was – it It was kind of behind him, so they counted it as a run for – uh, Ty Montgomery, but it was a, a kind of a swing pass um, that should have been counted, I thought, um, or I thought it was a, a receiving touchdown and, and a, a toss for Rodgers, but it looked like it was actually behind the line of scrimmage that counted it as a run. So Rodgers crushing it, primetime game, never count him out. Like I said, the Niners defense played incredibly well in this game for the most part, but Rodgers too much to handle late. Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 132, two touchdowns on 16 targets. He's a beast. Jimmy Graham, great game as well. Five catches, 104, and nine targets. This is one of those games where he didn't have a touchdown, but he did get his, his uh, you know, nice over-the-middle chunk plays, and Jason Witten was all over this. He was loving this for Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham had a great game, 104 uh, through the air. Valdez Scantling filling in for uh, – uh, Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison. I was able to swap them out last minute. Van, uh, and Valdez Scantling had a big game. Three catches, 103 on six targets. First play of the game for the Packers. Um, Valdez Scantling had a 60-yard uh, 
reception that honestly, if he broke one tackle, he could have had a basically an 80 yard touchdown, but great play there. And he had a nice couple catches later on. And shout out to Mason Crosby, who made all four field goals and three extra points, including the game winner as time expired after missing five kicks last week in the loss to Detroit. So big up and shout out to the Packers for having the support. He kept mentioning that in the postgame interview that all the guys rallied around him, gave him the support he needed. He stayed focused and he was able to come through and sort of win the game for the Packers. So big up Mason Crosby. He'll be in the Hall of Fame someday, I'm sure. And. Some stallers for the Packers, Ty Montgomery. He did have that swing pass touchdown, but kind of a weird one. They counted it as a run. So technically he had four rushes for 12 yards and that rushing touchdown, but could have been a reception, I suppose. And uh, just two catches for 10 yards on three targets. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones continue to battle out. Jamal Williams had six carries, 29 yards, and just one reception for 10 yards. And Aaron Jones had eight carries for 41 yards, nothing through the air. He also had a 17-yard touchdown overturned on the first drive. So the first drive was kind of weird. Um, the Packers march down after Bethard gets a uh, – or Breida gets a touchdown early. Packers get the ball to start the game, march right down, and it looks like Aaron Jones scampers in down the sideline for a 17-yard touchdown. They call him out on the one-yard line. Then they give it to Aaron Jones one more time. He gets stuffed, so no go there. Then they sw throw a swing pass out to Aaron Jones, or uh, excuse me, Ty Montgomery. So kind of a weird series there for the Packers. But either way, Aaron Jones still looks the best. They uh, kind of had him out late in the second half, though, as the Niners were ahead most of this game, again, until the very end. And they had to have the pass catching back in, who they team as Williams, and a better pass blocker who they also deem as Jamal Williams as well. So Aaron Jones kind of got game scripted out of this, but I still think there's hope for him moving forward. And last note here, Equinemius St. Brown, just one catch on um, one target. Nobody started him unless you're very, very, very deep and you had both receivers or something sitting out. But shout out to him. Uh, the rookie had a great 19-yard reception on the sideline uh, with, with time running out to set up the game-winning field goal. So it looks like Aaron Rodgers was able to trust him. So big up to the Packers for getting the last-minute win, but shitty over our Niners. The Niners played really, really well here in a the game. They probably weren't even supposed to be a part of on Monday Night Football, but the Packers do get the win at home on the last-second field goal by Mason Crosby, 33-30. to Last notes here, moving forward into Week 7. The buys coming up are the Seattle Seahawks, Pittsburgh Steelers, Oakland Raiders, and those Green Bay Packers. That'll do it for the week six recap tomorrow. Daniel will be filling you in on news and notes from week six and looking ahead to the player updates affecting week seven. Remember to email us your start, sit, keep trade, cut questions to tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. Make sure to follow our IG stories throughout the weekend for game day updates. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck in week seven. And for Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco and we are out of here thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube